0: Wow. That was wild. He was very wrong about so much. He was mad. He was weird. He was classic Joe Biden. And he wasn't really ashamed of it. I don't think he even knows how bad, how disgraceful actually it all was yesterday. Hey, but he got through two hours. The fake news thinks it's awesome. More on that in just a moment. I have to talk about a very important issue that did not come up here. Terrorism. You know, just last weekend, that guy right there, his name is Malik Aram, 44 years old from Britain, got here about three weeks ago to the United States, held three Jewish people in a synagogue hostage, and the FBI tried to say it had nothing to do with terrorism. They actually said that out loud. Now, first, a little bit about this guy. Yes, he got here recently. British Intel watch list in 2020, spent six months in Pakistan. That's a real red flag, by the way. Banned from British courts the day after 9-11. Yeah, 20 years ago he was saying pro-Al Qaeda stuff in public. They had their eye on this guy for a long time. He just got here in late December to the United States and (sighs) the FBI didn't bother whatever, there's no real curiosity about this? Why is that? The FBI really was in a rush to say nothing to see here.
1: We do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue uh, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, uh, but we're continuing to work to find motive and and we will continue on that path.
0: So uh, he's in the FBI. Uh, I have a cubicle. Over there, I was able to find this. Have you heard it? This is the hostage taker Malik Akram in the middle of the operation, talking to a buddy in London.
2: Yeah, I'm in America. Yeah, I thought I'll just kiss my last goodbye to you, no? Well, what's happened? Yeah, I've took some hostages on. Yeah, I've been surrounded by all my I'm in a synagogue, yeah. I've come to die, but yeah, I die need to do that. I've come to die. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take them toe to toe. Anyway, listen. I promised my brother when I washed him on that deathbed that I'm gonna go down as a martyr. I ain't gonna let no mother suppress me. I've come to die, G. But
1: you're not
2: come on Okay. Bro. You're not have prayed for Allah for two years for this. I'm telling you. The, the, either you come for it or they send it. I'm coming back home in a body bag. I'm opening the doors for every youngster to enter America and. F- and release, but what maybe they have compassion for Jews but come in the America
0: I think we deserve to know about this. Maybe the President of the United States should be asked about this, but no, it just brushed away so we can focus on white supremacy and those neo nazis who are out there somewhere. Uh, this is a priority this threatens all of us incompetence, a cover-up, actually, and uh, the FBI, great people there, but it's been really warped over the past couple of years by people like Comey, by people like Mueller, and uh, the new guy, Chris Wray. Something's very, very wrong with the FBI. Um, They're taking their cues, I guess, from the Biden administration, just like Benghazi. They didn't want to call it terrorism. So back to the presser. It um, It was bad. There's no way to... Get away from that, although some people are, believe it or not. Even though he gave Ukraine uh, no backing whatsoever, the green light to invade to Russia, yeah, that really happened. The lying, the overt lying, though. Here he is last week. Remember, this speech is part of the public record. He thinks our memory doesn't go back this far. Sorry, Joe. It does.
1: Consequential moments in history... They present a choice. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor?
0: Wow, that's uh, Bull Connor, John, the, the, the Wallace, the segregationist governor. And that's Bull Connor, by the way, the director of public safety in Alabama, an ardent segregationist. I heard him make the comparison, right? You're with Bull Connor if you don't vote for that John Lewis voting rights package. Oh, he didn't say anything like that. Listen very carefully. Right, Joe?
3: You campaigned and, and you ran on a return to civility. And I know that You dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or or George Wallace, but you said that they would be sort of in the the same camp. No, Uh, I didn't say that.
1: Look what I said. Go back and read what I said and tell me if you think I called anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor that they were Bull Connor. And that is an interesting reading of English you, you I assume you got in in the journals because you like to write.
0: What a nasty guy, and what a liar. Oh wait literally let 's see i didn 't call them bull connor i didn 't call them Bull Connor. I said they were just like bull Connor. that puts a whole new paint job on it, doesn't it? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis
1: or Bull Connor <laughs>
0: Uh, We shouldn't be surprised. Joe Biden has been a liar since we first got to know him. I first got to know him as a public figure when I was a senior in high school. Uh, This was a huge story at the time. He ran for president and got caught lying about everything, literally everything. Everything you're about to hear him say is not true. (laughs)
2: <laughs> what law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, yes. is, could you quickly... I, I, think, we I think I, think I probably have
4: right. a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> no, I sure. went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class. And then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits. Only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank.
0: Wow. Huh? That's a that's a proud man of all those things he did. He didn't do any of them. Maya Angelou, the great poet, right? When somebody tells you who they are the first time, believe them. Back then, the fake news wasn't so fake and uh, they outed Joe Biden as a liar.
1: Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named Outstanding Political Science Student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three.
2: Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a
3: flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him.
0: Then he thought he could smile his way out of all this. No, he couldn't. He had to quit the race back in 1987. He actually wanted to be president in his mid-40s because he got caught in all these lies. But he was fighting for his survival. He thought he could pull it off. Again, the media back then, they were fantastic. They did not hold back. That reporter yesterday, he was so polite and tiptoeing around. Listen to this. Do you feel you're
4: able to control, to put in the vernacular of your mouth, that you can think before you talk well i've been in this business for 15 years um and uh i uh um i let my record of 15 years versus the transgression that you're referring to uh stand and you can make you all can make that judgment i feel very capable of uh using my mouth in sync with my
0: mind uh unfortunately that is not the case it wasn't the case back then and more consequentially it's not the case right now What he said about Russia and Ukraine, he just he's not smart enough to be doing this on this level. As president of the United States, this was damaging to our national security when he said this. I'm not so sure he has uh, is
1: certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something.
0: Yikes, how about, <laughs> that sounds like a green light, right? He has no choice but to invade at this point. Um, we know he's compromised, by the way, over whether it's Russia, Ukraine. He's got all kinds of entanglements that the fake news refuse to pursue. And now we have this. Why would he be saying what he's saying? Maybe he just can't control himself. Maybe there's a more sinister motive. And by the way, he just couldn't be in charge, you know? The president of the United States, the chief executive of the entire government, you would think that there's a bit of, you know, decisiveness there. You, you, no, <laughs> no. How, how many more hours
1: am I doing this? I'm happy to stick around. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa, whoa. Hang on, guys. We've only gone an hour and twenty minutes. I'll keep going. How long are you guys ready to go? You want to go for another hour or two?
0: He's laughing at us. Uh, So his performance yesterday undoubtedly really... (laughs) Frightened, infuriated, his minders, his staff, the people I now think he works for, like Susan Rice. You don't see her very much. She is very close to Obama. She is the top advisor, advisor to uh, Joe Biden. So after all this, Kamala Harris, somebody had to go out there and try to clean up the mess. And uh, that didn't go too well either. This is uh, today on the Today Show.
5: Did the president essentially give the green light to Vladimir Putin to take a piece of Ukraine, to take a bite out of Ukraine? So, Savannah, first of all, I will tell you that I, every morning, start my morning in my day reading the presidential daily brief, the PDB, which contains classified information about threats to our national security and hotspots around the world. I am often in the situation room with the leaders of our military and our intelligence.
0: <laughs> so she just goes on to explain the duties of the vice president. A totally killing time, not answering the question. Savannah Guthrie, who can be as fake as the rest of the fake news. She was actually pretty good on this one. She wouldn't have it. She wouldn't have it. She cut right through.
5: I will tell you that part of the the posture that we have taken is grounded in the respect and the value we place in sovereignty and territorial integrity. No, and in Vice particular, President, in this case, the sovereignty interrupt. and territorial yeah. integrity of Ukraine. Of course. And so we are very But it is less than clear because 30 minutes after the news conference, the White House press secretary had to actually clarify the president's remarks. Savannah, I'm being clear with you right now. Yes. Okay. And so if you're interested,
0: I'll continue to be clear. Wow. Talk about snippy, huh? (laughs) I mean, that's uh, not very vice presidential. Anyway, so it's January 20th. One year ago today, Joe Biden became president. And I remember it well. I remember where I was. I was actually right down in that cubicle watching. And uh, he spoke all about how he was going to bring this country together. It was his sacred, solemn duty.
1: It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity, unity. Bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation, uniting to fight the foes we face with unity. We can do great things, important things. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. History, faith, and reason. Show the way, the way of unity, for without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge, and unity is the path forward. Together, we shall write an American story of hope, not fear, of unity, not division.
0: Like so many career politicians, It was all shallow. It meant nothing. They were just words that sounded nice in the moment. Had no intention on following through. If he did, he's failed entirely. Do you want to be in the side of
1: John Lewis or Bull Connor?
0: Unity, huh? All right, when we come back. Donald Trump, five years ago today, became president, and who knows, maybe three years from today, he'll become president again. Some important things about this day, January 20th, that may apply directly to you and your personal goals and aspirations. We'll be right back.
2: Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view, and it's actually funny. You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone, so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app, or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's has All All I can can say say is that that the the fake fake news news
0: just just doesn't get it, it, do they? (laughs) They I'm sorry. I left character for a moment because this was so bad. I mean, this was as bad as it gets. The White House correspondents so proud of themselves. Ooh, look at us. We're White House correspondents, huh? They're afraid of the truth only concerned about themselves, status in that silly swamp. I don't know what the hell's going on down there, but... uh, Where do I begin? How about when the head of that little clubhouse gave himself a pat on the back and said, oh, what a good job we all
3: did. On behalf of the Correspondents Association, thank you very much for for standing for our questions. We hope the public has found it as enlightening as uh, those of us in the room
0: have. Uh, it, re- it was enlightening, but not the way you think pal um, here 's my frustration crime. No one talked about the crime wave. all right. We have a crisis in America. Did anyone else see that twenty four year old girl in the furniture store in Los Angeles? Has Joe Biden been briefed on this case? We have prosecutors who are totally out to lunch who are not prosecuting or are letting people free who have committed crimes. This is insane and is worthy of presidential attention, don't you think? What else didn't they ask about? the border crisis? Not a word, not a word. That's still a big thing. Uh, are they worried about Joe's poll numbers or something? I mean, why wouldn't they talk about this ongoing crisis? Terrorism. Terrorism. all I hear about are domestic terrorists. They're out there somewhere, right? January uh, J- we had this happened on Saturday night. Saturday night. A crazy Islamic known nut job took over a synagogue and held people hostage and no one's talking about it. <laughs> this is crazy, you know why? The reporters really don't care. You know what they care about? Having fun, money, partying. That's a White House correspondence uh, dinner and uh, they all party down afterwards. Hey, everybody likes to have a good time, but they're not in it for the truth, these people. And when reporters start to break through, you know what happens? They get jealous. They get real. When reporters start doing their job, the fake reporters get jealous, envious, and really, really nasty. He did go to the Fox News guy, and he went to the Newsmax
1: guy, who I think the Newsmax guy asked if it was true that he actually met the alien. So
0: give him credit for (laughs) for going to people that he knew was going to come at him with crazy questions. The Newsmax guy, crazy questions. You wanna hear the crazy questions from one of the best journalists in all of uh, America, James Rosen, who now works at Newsmax? Is this crazy? It's polite, it's well-researched, and no one else had the guts.
3: Thank you very much for this honor, James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Wow. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Thank well, so you. the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose Such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness. Thank you. I have no idea.
0: (laughs) No idea. That's the point, right? No idea. No idea on everything. So the question obviously was reasonable. They were shocked in the Beltway. How could he ask what everybody in America has noticed? I mean, everybody in America has noticed that Joe has problems, but you're not supposed to bring it up. No, that's that's against their rules. They're informal, silly, clubby rules that serve them, not us. A reporter from Newsmax who
1: deep into the of this very long press conference asked a very personal question about Joe Biden. It is an absolutely disgraceful question.
0: You see how they rally around their own. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. And um, in some ways, We're we are losing the country. We are because, uh, you know, a country has values that are commonly held. You could see if you're a reasonable person and you're watching this show that Joe Biden had a terrible, terrible, catastrophically bad press conference. But that's not the way these guys see it. It's not. They see it. The opposite It's very strange, or at least that's what they say out loud. They're afraid to say the truth. The fact that he spoke for almost two hours it shows that he has stamina, which is which is a big deal for a lot of Democrats right now.
6: I think he kind of oozed relatability and being a good guy, and so I I think they should do this more often.
4: You have to give him a credit for being willing to stand there for for two hours, yeah. and you know he took every, he took every question.
6: He in some ways felt like.
1: An American who was trying to connect with other Americans who are frankly exhausted, who are frankly living through a
6: pandemic and are feeling very gloomy. Um, I think that that was part of the emotional connection.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, if you have to try to connect, you're not going to connect. You just either connect or you don't connect. Um, None of these people ever gave Trump any credit for his endurance, his stamina. Now, we all saw it. They refused to recognize it kind of wild. Hey, by the way, what the hell is Tom Hanks doing? Tom Hanks, I guess he's a pretty good actor. He was a good actor. He is a good actor, right? He's making propaganda videos for the Biden administration. No kidding. Celebrating one year of Biden accomplishments.
1: America has always built a brighter future. Yes, we are brave, brave enough to see the light and be the light we need to rebuild this country. We're strong. We are courageous.
0: We are resilient. We are America, land of the brave. Uh, this, is, uh, this is just not, this doesn't work. I don't know why he's involved with Joe Biden. I mean, he's a liberal, probably like the rest of them. He's also doing, I think, some sort of Brian Cranston impression. You know, from, uh, what's the name of that thing? Not Walking Dead. Um, is it Walking Dead? Walking Bad? Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. Joe Biden's in this video as well. I've long
1: said it's never been a good bet to bet against America. And that's more true today than ever. I've never been more optimistic about America's future. There's nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together.
0: (laughs) Joe just exudes optimism when they tell him, be optimistic, okay? This is an optimistic occasion. But day in and day out, this is who he is.
1: What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. We're asking my Republican friends in Congress and states and cities and counties to stand up for God's sake and help prevent this concerted effort to undermine our election and the sacred right to vote. Have you no shame?
0: <laughs> so optimistic about the future. Actually, I am. Because five years ago, Donald Trump became president. And I think maybe three years from right now, he could be president again. Stay with us. More to say about uh, this interesting day, January 20th, not only for presidents, but for us. Be right back. Cory Booker, Democrat from New Jersey, United States Senator, Uh, nice guy in real life, uh, a maniac as a politician. Uh, Yeah, I think so, actually. I thought he was going to cry when he was trying to gin up racial strife and have his way on a really bad bill. This voting rights thing shouldn't even call it voting rights. It's basically a fancy way of getting rid of voter I.D., which most of us support.
2: In the United States today, it is more difficult for the average African American to vote than the average white American. That is not rhetoric. That is fact. We know that black voters on average are forced to wait online twice as long as white voters. We began this session today swearing an oath to that flag, saying that this would be a nation of liberty and justice for all. Where is the justice in a nation that there is, on average, for a black person, twice as long to vote? All
0: right. Uh, It actually is rhetoric. He's citing fake news. And at one point, I thought he was going to cry there. But this is a trick. I've seen it before. He's, um, look— when you say, and you're a black person, that uh, people who look like me can't vote, you know what that's going to do? That's going to shut up a lot of people in the room. Black, white, whatever. They're just going to back off. Nobody wants to be called, ooh, you know, okay, all right, whatever you want, whatever you want, sir, yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing the race card. Um, this is America. It's relatively easy to vote. In some cases, yes, it might be too easy to vote, but let's go through some real data over the last several elections. Uh, one in 10 voters in 2012, waited in line more than 30 minutes. One in 10 voters. Black voters, 12% more likely to wait 30 plus minutes. 92% waited 30 minutes or less in the 2016 election. Um, This is not a crisis, okay? This is, well, this is fake emotion. This is fake drama. And by the way, white people have to wait in line All the time, and it's no big deal. Now, we could throw around a 1,000-page voting bill with all kinds of trickery in it and pretend it's about something that it's not. It's a way to get rid of voter ID, and I firmly believe it gives them the latitude to screw around with elections. In the meantime, Joe Biden is screwing around with the rhetoric about this issue and stirring the pot unnecessarily, needlessly, for... I think sinister political ends.
5: Speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate?
1: Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people, no matter how hard they make it for minorities to vote. I think you're going to see them willing to stand in line and and defy the attempt to keep them from being able to
0: vote. So he's contradicting himself. You know, the last election, according to him, was totally fine, totally free, totally fair, totally secure. But he's saying that if we don't get all this new thousand page legislation passed into law, the next election will be compromised. And then he's stirring the pot again about the lines and race and again, White people wait online to vote. It happens all the time. I personally happen to live in a very diverse uh, section of this city, and there was no line, quite frankly. No line. So, He continues to stir the pot, but I want to talk about something I think more important. On this day, January 20th, five years ago, Donald Trump was inaugurated. And January 20th is a fascinating day in my book. I know where I was for every inauguration, going all the way back to Ronald Reagan, sixth grade, watching it on TV. They brought us into the auditorium to watch. It was a very big deal, and I felt like I was a part of history. And I like to wonder on this day who the next president of the United States is. They're out there somewhere. Now, I think it might be Trump again, and that would be wonderful in my book. But, you know, if you had to come up with a list of people, maybe the next president we have never even heard of. In 1933, FDR became president. Uh, Harry Truman, the next president of the United States, wasn't his vice president. He wasn't even a United States senator. He was some county official in Missouri He was the next president of the United States. Nobody knew it at the time. I just think that's so cool. When Bill Clinton became president, January 20th of 1993, George W. Bush at that moment became the next president of the United States. But nobody knew that, could know that. W wasn't even governor yet. He really had done not too much with his life. He was the part owner, really the front man of the Texas Rangers, which was in forced place. And how about in 2001 when W became president himself eight years later? There he is, the next president of the United States. Nobody knows it, nobody could know it, is some state senator named Barack Obama who had just lost a run for Congress. Is this interesting to you? I find it like, all right, one more. John F. Kennedy. When this picture was taken, that's John F. Kennedy. He's in the backyard with his wife. That's 1953. He's a senator. I know it looks like he's, he's a rich man. He's got all these things going on. But he's the next president of the United States in that moment. Who's the next president? I want to show you this too. Ronald Reagan with Donald Trump. I love this moment. We got the 40th president and the 45th president of the United States. Nobody could know, nobody could see it coming. And it got me thinking, you know, Donald Trump, nobody really saw him coming. And when Obama became president, nobody could have predicted that Donald Trump would be the next president. Here's something I I read from Tony Robbins. You know that guy, the self-help guru? I love this statement. Most people overestimate what they can achieve in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. Isn't that, I find that fascinating. Uh, You know, New Year's resolutions, let's face it, they seldom work out, but if you start doing things over the long haul, 10 years, anything can happen. Anything, 10 years ago, I was a totally different person. I mean, totally different, but anyway, thanks for listening, I hope that made sense, and uh, January 20th, we'll see where we are going forward. In the meantime, Anti Asian hate is a real thing. It's not to be tied to Trump. There are so many different factors leading to this. When we come back, the girl in this video, she's being assaulted right there. Happened late last year. She's from Thailand. She joins us to tell us about her experience and uh, who she blames and what's going to happen next. So we have seen a spike in violence against uh, members of the Asian community. It's absolutely terrible. It's happening in cities across the country. Um, Recently here in New York City, Michelle Goh was pushed onto the subway. We believe this is the guy responsible. He's been charged. Seems like he's out of his mind. Uh, Last November, a young woman named Bu, originally from Thailand, You can see what happens to her here. She's being beaten and robbed by that creep. It's early in the morning and uh, just a terrible, terrible incident. But folks, um, you know, some on the far left and some in the media have been blaming Donald Trump. We think that is totally out of line, totally inaccurate. We think the criminals are responsible. We'll talk about their motivations in a moment. But first, that young woman who was attacked She is alive and well and joins us right now. Her name is Bu. She's 23 years old, originally from Thailand. Bu, welcome to the show. And also your attorney joins us, Eric Parnes. Welcome to you both. Thanks for being here. Uh, Biu, we're sorry you went through that. And first off, the guy who did it has not been caught, correct?
6: Yeah, it is still. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Seems like it happened almost like almost months, or like months ago, since in November last year, to be honest. But like, yeah, it's nothing happened so far. The guy is not arrested yet; still out there doing something who can know. Yeah, still terrifying for like me and the other women, or like the others who knows.
0: We have earlier footage of him hopping the turnstile, which has been decriminalized in New York, by the way. How do you feel about the authorities' response to this case? Are they taking you seriously? Are they listening? Are they pursuing every lead? Or do you feel like they just kind of gave you a number? How have you been treated?
6: Oh, about that right now, it's just, on, it's just going on. It's on processing about to like to cash a guy. But yeah, still have some process it's a little bit going on but still not cash the guy yet
0: what was that uh, terrible moment like for you horrible i'm sure but uh did he say anything to you you know and we have been talking about anti-asian hate did he make any comments uh, any anything that would tell you what his motivation was other than robbery
6: well we not know that yet it's just like the hit crime or not but obviously like when that happened if he gonna take if he gonna take my purse he can he have a chance at the first place not to be hit on my face and like doing like a terrible thing before that he have a chance too, but he didn't choose the violence and then yeah as, as you said on the video
0: Eric Parnes, your attorney, Um, sir, uh, what can be done? And are you satisfied with uh, the police and the city's reaction so far?
6: Well, I'm I'm not satisfied in in the slightest. And it's a shame actually that we're here again after one month, because a month ago we came on uh, media and discussed and talked about how it's important that this does not happen again. And yet this this week, we have the unfortunate circumstance with uh, Michelle Goh and her uh, brutal, brutal murder. Uh, the, the, this, to me, this comes down to one, one word, inaction. And you, you, you mentioned it before about the decriminalization, for example, of the subway uh, entrance. And that, that, that is an example right there of what needs to be done. You need to follow and pursue law and order. If you do not, this is what you encourage. So we have
0: a a new mayor and he says that Donald Trump and his uh, calling the China virus, the China virus was somehow uh, hateful. And he thinks an apology is in order. I'd like to play that for a moment if you don't mind.
1: Sure. The president right now should stand up and say on behalf of the American people, we apologize to the Chinese community. We had a president of the United States that called COVID the Chinese disease. He used used term and hatred terminology.
0: All right. Number one, I I just don't see how that's hatred terminology. And uh, so many people on the left were trying to blame Trump. And by the way, I recognize you're from Thailand, not China, but they have kind of lumped this all together, anti-Asian hate. Do you feel in any way that that man at four in the morning was motivated by the former president calling this the China virus?
6: Well, we don't know that yet, but since the pandemic has happened, a lot of people blame it on the Asian that we bring the virus since, like, some stereotype of them. But, yeah, still, it's not an excuse to do, like, to do the crimes, to be honest.
0: We've been looking at some of the suspects and some of the assailants, and uh, for the best that we can tell, there's not a political motivation here. But, uh, listen... The bottom line is, I am so sorry this happened to you, Bew, and uh, to your attorney, Mr. Parnes. Let's see some action. We see that guy very clearly jumping the turnstile. Mm-hmm. It seems like if they can't make a political case out of this, there might be a reluctance to, to move fast. So thank you both. Bew, stay safe and to be continued. Keep us posted. We'll be right back. Thank you. It is my profound honor to be the
1: first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child born and unborn to fulfill their God-given potential.
0: That was so amazing. I always wondered why so-called pro-life presidents would not go in person He always called on the phone or sent the video, but he was there in person. The next National, uh, excuse me, March for Life at the National Mall is this Friday, the 21st. Frank Pavone joins us. Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Uh, Sir, welcome back. You are one of the most prominent pro-lifers in America, certainly in the church. I bet you miss Trump, though, huh?
2: Oh, very much, Greg. We, uh, our movement was really boosted by uh, President Trump, the most pro-life president in our history beyond any shadow of a doubt. He really advanced the cause uh, of the unborn, of their moms and their dads, and uh, just encouraged Americans to speak in a common-sense way about this issue. And uh, we, we very much look forward to him uh, uh, you know, continuing to be part, as he is, of course, of American political life and uh, hopefully back in the White House in the future.
0: I love it. I love that you said it. Hey, real quick, um, I want to talk about what's going to happen on Friday. But can you speak a little bit to the critics who say, well, Donald Trump, uh, you know, who you the, the people who believe in Jesus? They don't understand. Donald Trump has been married three times. He, you know, he said all that stuff. Can you please explain to them uh, how <laughs> they're totally missing the picture when it comes to faith?
2: Yes, they're totally missing the picture, because faith is all about redemption, and it's all about God putting people in positions to do a particular task. He chose Moses, who had killed a man. He chose David, who had killed a man, committed adultery. But the purpose he chose them was not that they were perfect, and President Trump certainly would not claim to be perfect. None of us would. The purpose God chose them for was to do a particular task to lead his people. When I look at a president, I want his signature on the right pieces of legislation. I want his signature under the names of the correct judges and justices to be put on our courts. And President Trump did exactly that. He'll do it again and we will support him again uh, for those very reasons. It
0: looks like we might be close to overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, I know not everyone's comfortable with that, but you follow this closer than anybody. You heard the arguments a couple of weeks ago. How do you think it's all going to go down?
2: Well, Greg, most of the American people do not understand what Roe v. Wade said. What it said was that abortion could be done throughout pregnancy. So we're talking about a healthy mother carrying a healthy baby in the seventh, eighth, and ninth month of pregnancy, and for no reason that she has to indicate whatsoever, but simply that she wants to end that baby's life, she can get an abortion. There's no federal limit in such a circumstance. The American people have never bought into that idea. And yet that's what Roe v. Wade allows. So when we talk about Roe v. Wade being reversed, what we're saying is that you, the people, the people of of Mississippi who recently passed a law to protect babies starting at 15 weeks, the people of Texas who who passed a law to, to, to say, let's protect the baby from when the heartbeat is detected about six weeks into pregnancy, should be able to pass those appropriate protections. That's all we're saying when we say reverse Roe v. Wade, because Roe v. Wade took the matter away from the American people, put it in the hands of unelected judges. And uh, right now, the court, as you say, is poised, it seems, to put that back into the the American democratic process of, of lawmaking the way it should be.
0: And, and thank you, by the way, for explaining that, because I've been talking about this, reading it, and that all makes total sense, especially the way you just said it. What's going to happen on Friday?
2: On Friday, we're going to have a cross-section of America, people who work 365 days a year to advocate for these children who have no voice, to help their moms find alternatives to abortion, to help heal the wounds that follow abortion. Uh, we're going to f- have compassionate people, young and old. We're going to have babies in carriages. We're going to have people in wheelchairs and everyone in between. We're going to have people of every ethnic and religious and political background marching together peacefully and prayerfully to say, We've got to stop killing babies. You know, Greg, all the issues that you and I address every day, none is more simple and basic than this. You don't kill babies. So the March for Life, for the 49th time, people from across this nation will come and we will say, return this issue to the American people, protect these babies, and let's have a more sane policy on abortion. Uh, I will lead the National Prayer Service in the morning at Constitution Hall, and then when we have people prayed up and ready and spiritually energized, we'll go out there, we'll have a rally, we'll have a march. And then at the Supreme Court at the end of the march. Men and women who've been who've lost children to abortion will share their stories in a campaign that I oversee called Silent No More. And that's one of those powerful dimensions of what will happen Friday. People will hear the voices of those who have been through this. So that's some of what will take place again for the 49th time this Friday.
0: Beautiful. Father. And we will not have. Uh... We will not have the most Roman Catholic president ever in attendance, uh, Joe Biden. He likes to remind people that he's not going to be there. And that's uh, given his views. That's fine. Father Frank Pavone, we appreciate it. National director of Priests for Life's. Good luck this Friday, tomorrow, January 21st. You bet. We'll be right back. Thank you so much. Stand by for Stinchfield. See you tomorrow.